Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. How you doing, everyone? I'm Ross Salzberg, and once again, I'd like you all to listen up and get a load of this. I'm sure you've all heard the expression, let's give it the old college try. Basically, what it means is, give it your best effort. However, when it comes to college football this coming fall season, there won't be many best efforts, if any at all, because the college football season, slated to start in three weeks, might not happen. It's not official yet, but good chance it's not going to happen. Is there a right and a wrong on this matter? Like I said, listen up, because you're really going to want to get a load of this. All right. Let, let me start by beginning, folks, with uh, you heard me say, is there a right and a wrong to this matter? I don't believe there's a right and a wrong. I do believe there's usual finagling going on, but I don't think that there's a right and a wrong. I think both sides need to be heard. Both sides need to be listened to. And we all draw our own conclusions and our opinions. But I think there's merit to what each side has to say. Okay? I, I, I really, really do. I, I understand, you know, people putting their efforts in to a college football season. I understand the players and I understand the coaches. And I understand the finan- financial ramifications. I mean, for crying out loud, we're talking about not millions, but billions of dollars at stake. Billions. Billions of dollars at stake. So, you know, th- there's a lot to be said. I mean, for crying out loud, uh, of the uh, Power Five conferences, you know, Big Ten and, and the Pac-12 have already announced that their schools will not play. I mean, the Big Ten alone, the Big Ten alone may lose a billion dollars. That's with a B, not with, not with a, 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 an M, a billion dollars. 
for crying out loud, the, the Big Ten's probably going to lose close to $300 million in ticket sales. I think the number was $275 million the last I looked. Rutgers in New Jersey. They're going to lose something like $49 million. Ohio State, uh, like over $100 million. And at Ohio State, the number of ticket sales alone is like $50 million. I'm not making these numbers up, folks. So, you, you know, with ticket sales alone, but with, you know, lost revenue and everything else, we're talking about, that's the big 10 alone. Now, again, folks, it might very well be changing once this um, podcast gets posted. But as of today, I, I'm recording it on the um, 17th of August. gets posted on the 19th. I mean, I don't know what's happening with the SEC and the, the uh, Big 12 and the ACC. But I do know that we're talking a boatload of money. As of now... I think it's the last count was a hundred, excuse me, uh, 54. 54 teams from the uh, FBS. What's that? That's the football ball subdivision. You know, it's a big college uh, schools. 54, they're not going to be playing football this season. You know, I'm not going to go into every school, but, you know, there, there there's huge names. Huge names. Is there a right? Is there a wrong? I, I know the, um, the quarterback, Justin Fields, quarterback of Ohio State, he, he started a petition. I think they got like something like 200,000 names. I, I get it. You want to play football. I certainly understand that. But when people tell me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you both sides. When people tell me, I hear, but these kids put their heart and soul. They put everything into playing and to preparing for this. Well, you know what? There are a lot of students who put their heart and souls into preparing to graduate and go get jobs. But where are they going now to get those jobs? It's not just athletes. Athletes is the glamorous, it's the glamorous side of, of, of college, okay? You know, it, it's not glamorous to be sitting in a lab being a scientist or studying law. But those people are affected just as athletes are affected. You know, parents, I, I've read that um, parents from Ohio State and uh, Iowa and Penn State, you know, Big Ten schools, the, the, the parents from those schools have started a petition. I understand that their boys have geared up for this season especially if they're seniors. I, I understand that. But what are you going to do? 
What are you going to do? And do you do you want your your son at risk? And don't tell me I'm giving you both sides. Like I understand those parents, but I got to give you the other side. Don't tell me if God forbid, you know, people say, well, hold on a second. You know, these young people, they're not, even if they get it, you know, they're not seriously affected. Well, serious or not, you want your kid to be the first one seriously affected? Do you want that to be the case? Because I'm going to tell you this right now. Any one of those parents signing a petition that they want college football back, if God forbid, Two, two, I'm spitting. If God forbid any one of their sons was hit with it hard and God forbid died, what do you think would happen? Who would those parents, who would those parents be holding responsible? It would be the NCAA. It would be the schools. It would be lawsuits. You can bet your sweet ass it would be. That's just the nature of the world we live in. It, it just is. It's a very, very difficult situation. Very, very difficult situation. And then, you know, there's the argument. I've heard people say, well, how about kids uh, signing waivers? You, you can't ask a kid to sign a waiver. And, and I think the NCAA has said we want to ask kids to do that. And then there's the issue, okay, if we're going to cancel this football season or postpone it, if you will, so then they're talking about spring football and then you're going to have fall football for uh, 2021. And... The argument is, how can you have two seasons in one? And I don't think you can. I don't think you can. I think, first of all, when when are these kids going to go to school? You know, because, quote, unquote, we hear every day that they are student athletes. That they are student athletes. So you're going to have a kid gearing up to play football, And then let's talk about the big-time schools, you know, such as Ohio State, such as Penn State, such as the Iowa, such as the Alabamas and schools like that. What are you going to do? The kid's going to play football now or in in the uh, the spring. Not just the physical toll, the mental toll. He also needs to go to school. Needs a mental break, and then you're going to start all over again? Impossible. Makes no sense. Now, from a administration standpoint, I understand the NCAA because I understand it is huge. It's huge, huge dollars. Immense dollars. That's a lot of shkarol, a lot of dinero, a lot of moolah, a lot of guilt. You know what I'm saying? I know you want to recoup that. 
but at what price, glory? Think about it. And I'm telling you, as sure as I'm sitting here talking to you, God forbid, God forbid, let there be one, one death. God forbid. Oh, I I could see the negativity, the, the screaming, the crying, the hollering. How could this have happened? How could the NCAA have done this? And don't say not it can't happen. Don't say, well, the likelihood of it. It can't happen until it does happen. And then it happens. And then what? I just find it. Very, very, you know, if, if we're going to be honest about this, we have to look at both sides. I mean, look. The, the, the contractual agreements are huge. There's a ton, tons and tons of money involved here. Tons. But but I'm sorry. I, I just it, it it's just real tough for me to I, like I can't see two seasons in one. I just cannot. I mean football, I've covered football, you know, for a long time. It's grueling. I don't care these strong young men. Football is grueling. I'm in locker rooms all the time. Football locker rooms. New York Giant locker rooms. At least I was. I'm not going to be in the locker rooms this year because of this virus. But you, you can't, I mean, you can't play two seasons in one. I, and people talk about the physicality of it. I think the mentality of it is just as grueling. You know, sometimes, you know, I hear this, you, you, you hear this about fighters. The fighter, the good trainer, the good manager, the really good ones, they got to know when, nah, you can't go out for the next round. It's over. It's over. You can't do it. Sometimes fighters have to be protected from their from themselves because of their courage. Listen, one of the most historic fights ever was um, Ali Frazier, the Thriller in Manila. Eddie Futch, you know, Smoke and Joe. I mean, that that fight was up for grabs, but Smoke and Joe, Joe Frazier, after the fourteenth round, Eddie Futch said his, his trainer said, "Uh, uh-uh. uh, can't let you go out. Can't let you go out." Ali on the other side said, after it was over what he won, he says, that was the closest feeling I could feel to death. That fight was still up for grabs. But the trainer had to protect the fighter from himself, from his courage. And sometimes these athletes, these young men, you know, they got the heart, they got the willpower, but sometimes they got to be protected from themselves. And somebody might be saying, oh, Russ, I mean, aren't you being a little dramatic? It's not dramatic 
Oh, it's not being overly dramatic when God forbid something happens. And, and, and how about not just the players? How about the student body, the mingling that the kids do? You're in classrooms, okay? When you're in classrooms, aren't you you're mingling with one another? And there have been kids getting the virus. You've seen it. Was it Clemson? You know, a lot of kids get it. Then you got to be quarantined. It's a domino effect. Now, you have, I've heard this argument. Well, what about playing in a bubble? What about playing in a bubble like they're doing with the NBA, let's say? First of all, or the NHL. With football and the size of rosters, you're talking, I mean, some of these big schools, it's like 80, 90 people. These locker rooms are crowded. That alone in itself is an issue. That alone in itself is an issue. And let's say even if you could put kids, let's say it was feasible to put kids in a bubble, you know, in a secluded situation. Are they athletes in college or are they student athletes? Hmm? Aren't they supposed to be going to school to go to school? I'm sorry. That argument, you can't win. They're student athletes. At least that's what everybody likes to say. That's what the coaches like to tell you. Presidents of the universities like to tell you. They're student athletes. They're students first. Now, you've heard me say this before. That's bullshit. (laughs) You know, coaches recruit kids. Why do coaches... why, Why are people like Nick Saban making eight, nine million, whatever the hell it is a year from Alabama. Why is like uh, John Calipari, basketball coach at Kentucky, making those kind of dollars? Is, is it to make sure those kids get a good grade point average? They, they can give you that student-athlete bullshit all they want. They're hired to win games. Trust me, if Nick Saban had a 100% graduation rate, 100% graduation rate. Every one of his kids graduated at Alabama. If he had that, but a losing record, his ass would be out on the street. He'd be fired. Ditto Calipari and every other big-time coach making the millions of dollars. Don't tell me Mike Krzyzewski, basketball coach at um, at Duke, Coach K. And, and he's a terrific guy, but don't tell me he's there. Education first. No, it's basketball first. So I understand what's at stake for the coaches. And then then we talk about the draft. Well, I don't know if spring football is feasible because if you, if you have spring football, that that uh, 
That would be happening when the NFL combines are supposed to take place in the NFL draft. And to that argument, I say, well, you know what? Life's a bitch. Because kids are graduating and, and, you know, with this pandemic going on, where the hell are they graduating to? It's a lot harder grabbing jobs, trying to get a job. So it's not just athletes affected by this situation. Now, I will say this, um, and I I do not see for one second the NCAA. I mean, I I think it's already agreed upon uh, if there are cancellations, uh, scholarships will be extended or eligibilities will be extended. I I think uh, as it stands now, a kid has five years of eligibility or five years and they don't stay anyway, but five years uh, uh, to get it done in, in in their four years. Okay, I, I believe it's something like that. But whatever, I, I believe, and, and so it gets extended. I have no problem with that. I mean, think about it. And, and, you know, listen, from what I hear, more than 30 of the Power Five from the Power Five conferences, 30 players from the Power Five have already opted out of playing this season. And I, I think that included something like 13 or 14 from the Big Ten. All right. You know, I, I get it. You know, listen. President Trump tweeted out, student athletes have been working too hard for this season to be canceled. I, I get it, but, you know, s- s- these football players aren't the only ones working hard. You know, and, and then you go into the other aspect you know, how, how will this affect the college basketball season? Well, you know, what's, when's college basketball start? I mean, technically, it starts in November. That's going to depend, too. That's like a wait and see. And then you get the argument, well, hold on a second. If we're going to cancel college seasons... Why are the pro seasons allowed to take place? And, of course, we're talking about, you know, basketball. You got the uh, basketball playoffs are going to be starting now. <laughs> For crying out loud, basketball players are going to be starting now. The, the, the Stanley Cup playoffs are going on now. It is August. Remember something. Pros are pros. College kids are college kids. Pros wake up in the morning. They go to work. Their job is football, basketball, baseball, whatever the hell their job is, that's their job. Okay, that's their job. A student athlete, you're supposed to be going to school.
You know, so so this bubble business, the bubble business do, doesn't work for, um, especially in football, for a, a bunch of reasons. Number one, uh, the, the cost, especially for football, the cost would be prohibitive, okay? But if the NCAA did that, basically they'd be telling the world, these these athletes of ours are pros. And you know what that opens up? That opens up their whole can of worms that they've been fighting against about athletes getting paid. They should, you know, the likeness of their name, all, all that business. I mean, the, the entire college, uh, what, what would you call it? Model. The whole thought of, quote-unquote, being an, uh, a college player, amateur, would get thrown out the window. So a bubble situation, to me, is certainly not feasible. Now, there are other factors uh, also at play here. And, you know, some of those factors are, you know, I've said to you, talk about the physical aspect. There is the um, mental aspect. And and I've heard this, uh, there's been reports on it, uh, studies on it, about, you know, football players, you know, kids, you know, a lot of them are even going through anxiety and depression now because they might not be able to play. They, they've geared everything up for this. And, you know, uh, I, I don't take mental issues and, and depression for granted. Anxiety. It, it's a serious... Listen, you want to take a good look at anxiety and depression, folks. <clears throat> Excuse me. Take a look. If you, you... You people will recall when this pandemic that we're dealing with started way back. I did a podcast and I spoke about more, as contagious as the pandemic is, is anxiety and depression. We've seen plenty of anxiety and depression, so I get it. I don't want to see, you know, kids suffering from it, but it's also part of life. I mean, because you, you I can't just worry about a, a college athlete suffering from anxiety and depression. I'm worried about a lot of kids suffering from anxiety and depression. And a lot of kids are dealing with that. You, you want to know what? I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with, I'm worried about young kids. I got grandchildren. Five, four, and two and nine months. I'm worried about their interaction with people. I'm worried about, you know what? You want to talk about anxiety and depression and stuff you're geared for? Usually around this time of the year, what, what are we gearing for? What are we usually watching on ESPN? Why aren't we watching like the Little League World Series and all that stuff? Those kids geared for this. There's none of that. We're not seeing any of that. If, if they choose to play college football, I say, okay. If they choose not to play college football, I say, okay. Both sides need to be understood. 
this is a very hard decision for all parties concerned. If, if you're a college athlete, no one is asking you to like it. If you're a college, if you're a parent of a college athlete, no one is asking you to like it. And if it's if you're a star player, and it's and it's going to cost you a year to make big money. So it's going to cost you a year. It costs you a year if, God forbid, your knee got ripped up. It's just, it's too difficult a situation. Again, you've heard me say this before. I've made a living in sports, covering sports. A lot of athletes are very good friends of mine at all levels. But everybody's got to deal with shit. Everybody. You, me, your kids, my kids growing up. And I would say this is if this is the hardest thing that these college football players will have to deal with, their life is going to be okay. Their lives are going to be okay. It's it's a difficult situation. I get it. I don't expect anybody to like it. But I, I just, you know, I wish I could say, you know, I'm emphatically right or I'm emphatic, <laughs> you're emphatically right or you're emphatically wrong. It, it's not. It's just, it's not that easy black and white. Now, you, you, if you're listening, you might be saying, well, Russ, the way you sound, it sounds like you're against it, this season starting. No, I'm not. That would make me a hypocrite because I'm not against the NFL season starting. But you see, the NFL season starting, that's strictly business. Now, college football might be you might say viewed as strictly business, but it might be strictly business for the NCAA. For the kids, you know, it, it might be their business of the future, but there's quote-unquote student-athletes. So what I'm saying is if they want to play, if they're allowed to play, then play. But if they can't play, then understand you can't play and why you can't play. And I am telling you, as sure as I'm sitting here, you know, this business, no one complains until somebody gets hurt. Nobody complains until somebody gets hurt. Then once somebody gets hurt, ooh, now there's a discussion. Whether was the right protocol in place? Whether did we take the safety of the children, of the kids in place? You know, how many times, God forbid, you've seen a kid die, you know, from exhaustion or, or overheated or, you know, we, you know, they're isolated situations, but you've heard of them. 
Okay? You've heard of them. And and then when it happens, the cry is what was was the proper protocol in place? Were the kids being taken uh, the, their uh, well-being taken for granted? You know, I just, like I said, you, you can't ask kids to sign waivers. And, and the, what's his name, Mark Emmert, the, the president of the NCAA, I, I think he recently spoke at a, uh, at a, to a, a Senate hearing that, that said he was totally opposed to athletes signing waivers. I, I think what they did do, that they, uh, some schools had asked athletes pledges that uh, they would, you know, adhere, adhere to, uh, you know, safety measures. But that's not signing a waiver, releasing one's responsibility. So it's a difficult situation. Again, I don't have a right and a wrong. I understand the argument from both sides. I understand the disappointment that kids, football players, and their parents have. But got to look at the big picture. I mean, you're an athlete. I, I'm, I'm looking at, in New York City alone, something like two-thirds of small businesses aren't coming back. You know what that means? Two-thirds of small businesses aren't coming back. People's lively, livelihoods are gone. That they broke their balls and their family put together. This, this was their life's dream. And it's gone. So, you know, for the young football players and their families, I'm sorry, but I'm not making a bigger issue over you than I am against Joe Blow on the street whose businesses are gone, who's out of work. Or who never had to collect unemployment in their lives and now they're relegated to doing that situation sucks yeah yeah it does and and i i said to somebody the other day i hope the hell we can look back in a, a year from now and say wow what the hell did we live through who to thunk it in our lifetime 2020 the shit we're dealing with yes it's shit and somebody's hardships are tougher than others But the college football, whether it works out for you or not, we all got to deal with it. And that's a wrap right now, folks. I want to thank all of you for getting a load of this. Now I'd like to get a load of you. Let me know your thoughts on today's podcast. You can tell me on Twitter at Russ Salzberg on Facebook. You can also check out my website, uh, always at russsalzberg.com. My big-time thanks, as always, to Ariel, who takes such good care of me here to uh, 77 WABC Program Director Dave Labrosi, his outstanding assistant program director, Matt Dahl, President and GM, General Manager of 77 WABC, Chad Lopez. And last but certainly not least, a great big thank you to you people out there because without you people, I'd have nobody here to be talking to. So until next time, it is I, Russ Salzberg, saying to all of you, 
Bye-bye, so long, and farewell. Be safe, and I'll talk to you next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.